I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Every relationship, including marriage, needs plenty of love and laughter. But how do you keep the fun and connection going when the road gets hard? That's the question this week's guests, Kristen and Danny Adams, are going to answer. They are a husband and wife duo whose February 2017 lip sync video went mega viral and completely changed their lives. They've both worked independently in the entertainment industry, but now work together full time to produce online family friendly content where God is always welcome. They recently released a book called The Road to Love and Laughter, where they share honest and vulnerable stories, demonstrating that often the terrible experiences we face are actually the beginning of greatness. After listening to this conversation, you will for sure want to go check out their hilarious videos. Here we go. Welcome, Kristen and Danny. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. Absolutely. So a question we ask all of our guests that I'm going to have you answer is what is your family known for? Our family is known for bringing fun and laughter and joy wherever we go. And then behind the scenes, we are known for, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's what most people think, but then inside our home, no, I'm kidding. Um, But we, we do, we, we purpose to bring joy, love and laughter wherever we go. We just want to bring the fun, find the funny, in life and relationships, even in hard seasons, you know, it, it, we try to make, find the funny. Yeah. We, the, the Proverbs 17, 22 says a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And so that's always been for several years now, that's, that's sort of been our verse uh, that we stand on is, and you know, we, we insert laughter in that laughter is the best medicine. So we, and we've, and we, get the, the opportunity to see that, whether it's through our digital content or going out and doing live events, we get to see what it truly, that that truly is medicine for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if I were to come over to your house, what can I always expect? You can always expect a lot of fun conversation. We love games. We love telling stories and, mm-hmm. and jokes. And we extend our dinners. We try to stay around and like, just, you know, just go around and hear how everyone's day is. And it always turns into just a lot of fun. And Yeah. Trying to celebrate others and, and what their seasons of life are. But one thing that stood out, as soon as you said that, I thought of our seven-year-old son that you would hear and see a lot of him because he is an absolute performer and he loves, he lights up when we have guests. So does my daughter. My daughter is all about she wants to have guests over. She's so inviting. She's so sweet. She um, prepares the house. She goes yes. around and makes sure mm-hmm. like if, if, you know, that the doors are like yes. ajar, perfectly ajar, like yes. into rooms, she'll yes. set the lighting. She'll make sure there's a candle yes. lit. Like she has that. And then my son is just preparing what, what he's going to what do, he's and, perform. do. and then yeah. she take my daughter just graciously takes a back seat and says, look at my brother. He's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. so. It's like the 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 talent and the production team. Yes, yes. Yeah. and that's really like kind of like our whole family in general. I yeah. mean, from our online content to to our life at home, it's like we really have a team mindset when it comes to performing, and it, mm-hmm. and everyone in our own in our family has their their lane, mm-hmm. so to speak, of what they're gifted mm-hmm. at when it comes to performing. And we just go, okay, all right, Holt's feeling it right now. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody help him shine. Okay, daddy's on a roll with his improv right now. <laughs> help him shine. All right, mommy needs a prop. Somebody go grab a wig so I can do a character real quick. I mean, that's just yeah. how how we how we roll. Yeah. So that's what makes yeah. our family unique. <laughs> oh, I love that. So you guys work together. What was the transition like? Because you all you both had your independent careers, your independent lanes, and then coming together and deciding to work together. What was that like? And how was that transition? Because I've tried to work so, with my husband. I haven't yeah. given up that we will eventually work together <laughs> one day. But <laughs> it took some getting used to. And then we kind of said, all right, we'll go back to our own lanes. <laughs> it's ironic. so funny. 
a lengthy discussion yesterday while the kids were, were at school. And it was it was a beautiful talk. It was so productive. And I think it was for us asking ourselves, what was the time or season of our life where the, it was where it was more most fruitful? Where, mm-hmm. where we saw our spiritual lives really thriving, where our relationships were thriving. And what did that look like? Not to try to go back and duplicate that exactly, but just how did we position ourselves, posture ourselves before the Lord? What did our time sort of management look like and our priorities? And, and it came back to, interesting enough, is, and I'm going to get to your question, but it's, it's maybe what's going to be, we're going to look to do in this next little season. Mm-hmm. So working together going and, and sort of divide and conquering our lives in, uh, in LA. Let me take them back really quick. Yes, please. Because we both lived in Los Angeles. That's where we met. Yeah. And we were both in the entertainment industry doing separate things. Yeah. I was a television host. That's what I did for 15 years. Danny did stunt work for commercials and, and, and TV. Comedy was comedy sort of was a, And then comedy was like another vehicle for him. Mm-hmm. And he was on staff at our church. So he had a lot of different things he had his hands in. And then we would come together when it made sense to do these little creative kind of pieces, if you will, whether it was at our church or Danny's one man show, mm. we, we kind of like, like, okay, now we're coming together to do this. But we, we had other lanes that we were staying in career wise as well. Then when we moved across the country five and a half years ago to start making online content full time, that was going to be the first time that we were like, all right, all of our eggs are in this basket our success is tied to each other, not just obviously like marital success and family success, but career and and what we're doing. And so it was a really big transition and we had a lot of growing pains. And even though when you watch our online content, you might think, oh, this just, they're just two peas in a pod and Mm -hmm. everything must work perfectly together. Danny and I approach things very differently. And so we had this fruitful season online where, where our content was going viral. We're getting booked for live events and there's definite fruit. You could look at it and go, wow, stay here. This is awesome. But after years of doing that, especially when we transitioned into writing a book, we were both going, okay, something's, something's internally not being fed or dealt with because mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that started rearing their head, you know, and it's like, why are we dealing with this again? Or why are we all of a sudden battling this? And so we went to, to go back to what Danny was saying, we had this conversation yesterday of like just a season check-in, like how is the season of life looking for us? Mm-hmm. What's not working? What looking back at previous um, seasons in our life and going, what was great about that? What were we doing right? How can we implement that now? And so to your point, I think couples, obviously there's got to be a special grace to work together. It's not for everyone. You know, we homeschool our kids. They're part of a, a co-op where they go a couple of days a week. And so, but I always tell people homeschool is not, not for everyone. There's, you, you've got to know, like, don't look at what other people are doing and go, gosh, I wish I could have their ministry or they work together or their family homeschool. So that's how we have to do it. And we just really had to try different formulas mm-hmm. in a lot of areas and go, where is, where is their grace and where do we have peace? Mm-hmm. And, and just because they're doing something doesn't mean we should be doing something. Yeah. And, yeah. and so we have this lightning in a bottle when we do videos for, for the internet and when we do live events, but there has to be fills for us. Like yeah. Danny has, he's a people person. He has to be around the more people, the better. So working from home has been a challenge, you know, for him because he edits our videos. And all of a sudden, when we moved, he found himself alone. I mean, he has me, but he's not around other people. And so for me, I'm like an introvert extrovert. I can be home for days at a time, you know, and then go out and get filled up. But then I have to come back and like reset. And so that was one definite area that, that was hard for us. And we had this conversation yesterday. How can we set ourselves up to get filled up? Yeah you know, but not not abort the mission that God's given Mm -hmm. us to create content, to do live events, but what can we do to fill each other up? So I don't know if that kind of answers. Yeah. And I think recognizing, recognizing where we were, sort of what that, that move represented so many things going from Los Angeles to Indianapolis. Not only were we leaving 
years of relationships and a great church community out there to come to and careers and careers to the unknown of Indianapolis and where we didn't have relationships outside of just my parents, which they were a blessing to our kids. But in terms of our giving life to us and all the things that we we need, but and also starting a business together. So mm. there was it was exhilarating at times because you're you're doing something new. We were getting you're taking a you're, risk. Yeah. You're walking by faith. And because you're in the digital space you're getting feedback. So you're hearing the comments, which kind of fills your tank a little bit, but right. it's still not the same as the personal touch, right. you know, and, and real depth and intimacy of, of what relationships bring. And so that's the one thing as we, and, and we sort of just took off. And before you know it, here we are four or five years into this move. And, and especially with COVID, when, when we were locked down pretty much 14 months without an event, it just, and you're just on top of each other all the time, you know, you, you have to give yourself grace because you're like, man, it did things just the, and Kristen is results driven, you know? And so now she's not getting the results and we feel like we're stagnant and, and it was, and I'm a people person. I'm not being able to see my you know people <laughs> to get my feel. So, it so just, then, you know, you you're together so much and you start looking at each other and you turn in, yeah. you turn <laughs> on each other. Yeah. That didn't bother me yesterday, but today, woof. So, yeah, so we've been navigating all of this, yeah. you know, we, we, we do it well sometimes, you know, horribly awful sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But I love that you're constantly looking to assess, is this working for us? Mm-hmm. What needs to be changed? What needs to be fed? What needs to be let go of? What do we need to walk towards together? That's fantastic. Yes. I think, that's I think it's healthy. It's, it's, and we don't, we, we haven't always done that right, but it is, it's, I think when you talk about relationships and, and it, and it being the most important thing that we have mm-hmm. to live for, you know, you, you have to, otherwise it's a slow death. It's a slow separation of mm-hmm. what you're doing and you don't have vision. You don't have mission, you know, without, without yeah. vision, we cast off restraint. It's just like, what are we doing? Are we just existing, sucking up air mm-hmm. and, and, barely tolerating each other along the way. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it was, but it's like, you know, things can be taking off in areas and kind of give you this false sense of like, everything's great. You know, our business is growing, our ministry is growing, but like, we're not doing good. You know, the mm-hmm. two of us are growing further apart and now we're business partners and now mm-hmm. there's pressure to yeah. succeed and to do a video that was better than the last one. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, a lot of people, I think in the online space, relate to that. It's an amazing honor to be able to entertain people and to, to inspire people, but you also have to know, you know, your first ministry is in your home. Yes. And, 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 you know, we've been taking a season of, of rest from, we haven't been putting a video out every week. Like we, like we used to one, because we took time off to write the book and two, because we had to take some time to be like, let's make sure we are like rock solid. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't just want to have a ministry or a career that's a flash in the pan. Like we want to go the distance. Everything comes out of that. And I think we're, even if you don't work together and, and, and the value that you're placing in your, your work away from home is greater than what is going on in the home. You know, it's, there's some deception in that. I think we're naive to think that the success outside the home is, is, is where we need to, is everything where, you know, that's, that's not God's heart. Our first ministry, like Kristen said, is in the home and we have to, that has to be our treasure. That has to be the thing that we're taking care of the most. And, and because the success on the outside is is short-lived. It's fleeting and you can't, and we can't take that with us and you want to have impact, but it, the impact will will be short lived mm-hmm. if there's not something at home sustaining That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And there's nothing that speaks louder. I mean, I, there's nothing that speaks louder than a than a healthy family. You know, I mean, when oh, you talk sure. about society culture, they're looking, especially in the world that we live in now, they're looking for something solid. What what mm-hmm. is standing strong? What is representing Christ? What's reflecting yeah. Christ? And so I think that is you know the goal that that Kristen and I have is that not only are we solid, our kids are healthy. And the fruit of that is, is being shown to other people mm-hmm. where they can then, they can ask, what are you doing? What's what, how do, you know, how do we get to that place? Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the great opportunity where we could just point to Christ and say, it's, it's only him. Yeah. So how did working together at making these fun online videos lead to writing the book, The Road to Love and Laughter? 
Yeah. So I think, you know, the book publishing is so interesting nowadays because, you know, there's a lot of people that have influence online and, and it's like, Hey, let's, let's just go. And, and these people have influence. Let's have them write a book and, and sell to their people. And so when our videos went viral five years ago, we got instant, you know, yeah. inquiries from publishers to say, Hey, write a book. It just didn't resonate with us at that time because we didn't really, we're like, we, what are we going to say? It felt forced. It felt like, what are you going to write a book, write a book on lip syncing? Like yeah. that's right. what we're known. Yeah. Open your mouth. Yeah. And so, so we declined those at the time. We we're like, this is just not the season. Cut to a couple of years ago, we were on a podcast and we were just really diving into our marriage story and our testimony and funny stories, the fights that we've had and how those played out. And Zondervan was a, a publisher someone from Zondervan was listening and instantly reached out and said, man, if you, what I just heard on that podcast, that was an hour long of real raw stories of, you know, you guys are believers, but that doesn't mean life is easy. And Mm -hmm. can, can you put that in a book? And it gave us more of like a, a why behind writing the book than just like, just do a book because you have an online following. And so and we really liked the synergy with them. They, they, their staff was funny. They got our humor. You know, we, we felt a little hesitancy because neither of us have written a book and we're kind of video people. And it's like, well, how is this going to translate onto the page? Mm-hmm. Can we do this? But we really found a formula that worked for us. We, we just started talking and, and a lot of the books started coming out in like a script podcast transcript format where it was like, Danny said this and Kristen said this and Danny said this. And and we were like, let's just do that because that's more us. And it took this pressure off, like going to the cabin in the woods for four months to, you know, have this New York (laughs) times selling masterpiece or something. And, and so we were like, let's just do what we've always done, which is be us tell stories, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll inspire. And, and so we did, it was a hard process, even though we found like something that worked for us, it still, still was hard. We were bringing up old fights and, you know, realized that there were still some wounds there that we hadn't necessarily healed from. Mm-hmm. And so it forced us to kind of dig deep and go, you know, wow, there's, we we haven't learned at all. And not that we thought, not that we thought we had, but just, right. wow, there's still some inner work that needs to happen in, in our marriage. And so the which, book- is, which is important. I think when you talk yeah. about, Hey, this is going out there um, to the masses. Like we're, we're putting this in there. We're, we can't go back on this book. It's probably <laughs> going to be out there. Our kids are going to hear this. So I want to make sure that it's authentic and it's, and it's true. There's truth in there. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we may have, brushed over this situation, but can we, can we talk about that a little bit more? So it just brought up, you know, probably some old wounds and things that we, we needed healing, which is healthy, right. For, for yeah. relationships because harboring those things is not good. So, but there were many just, times it, it, it the, lengthened our, our book, the book process. <laughs> That's what I was going to get to. I was yeah. like, we had to tell Zondervan, like, we need an extension, please. We, yeah. we <laughs> if you interviewed Zondervan about us, they might be like, eat. They're a little difficult because we were, we were writing a marriage book, not, not, not a, not a how to have the best marriage book, but just a, this is what our marriage is like. And, and it's like a memoir and marriage book. And we were going through stuff. We're like fighting as we're writing this book and, and, and our hearts are hurt in in areas. And so there were many times we were like, Zonerman, we can't do this. Like we got to pull this. We can't. And there's just a lot of kind of just push back, you know, just a lot of warfare going on and a lot of internal, internal warfare and external. And we had to just really push through. And so mm-hmm. all that to say, it was a book called the road to love and laughter. And it was like the road <laughs> filled with tears to, to get there. Yes. Yeah. And bottom line, you need to work with your spouse. I mean, that's just yeah, <laughs> full time. Yeah, exactly. That's how yeah. to have an easy yes. life. So a lot of people think that in order to have a healthy part, Uh, family culture, that things have to be perfect, or like you said, peas in a pod, that we have to be all the same. And that's not true. You have an entire chapter in your book where you talk about celebrating and navigating your differences in your relationship. So what does that actually look like? You know, I think we maybe can all relate to there's things before you got married that were super attractive about your spouse. And they may have even been things that are totally different than you. Like 
wow, I don't, I don't do that, but he, he does, he does that. And I love that about him. Like I'm so attracted to that. And then the second you get married, those attractions become irritations oftentimes. And it's just, a, I think a tricky thing that, you know, part of it's just, that's what the enemy wants. That's, that's what he is. He wants to tear, tear us apart. And also that's just how our flesh works. It's like, you know, now that we're together, we're living together, we're seeing all these things like, and everything you do affects me. Like I'm irritated by that. And so we talk about how it could be major differences and little differences, like how Danny used to load the dishwasher would irritate me because that's not effective. That's not efficient. I would open it up and just like my head would explode on like, why would, why would anyone load the dishwasher that way? That's so not correct. There's only one way to load the dishwasher my way rather than looking at it from, well, praise God, Danny loaded the dishwasher, you know, to begin with, like, who cares how it looks, but way to go. Hey, High five. Hey, give me that. And so there was just little things like that, that would become what we would call low level warfare. It's those things that take all of our attention mm. that, that really don't matter a hill of beans at the end yeah. of the day. And I think a lot of marriages, the more we go out and minister, the more we talk to, that is what a lot of people at the end of the day are wasting their time arguing over. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really just a, just a pride issue, right? A selfishness thing. Like I want my way. It's just easier if everyone in the house would do everything the way that I would do it. And then I don't have to have any problems, you know, moving forward, but that's (laughs) not the life that God designed for us. And, and that's not how you live an intimate relationship with people and relationships are messy. And so the chapter on differences is really just highlighting that whether you have major differences or minor differences, they will often lead to conflict. And you've got to get to that place where you can learn to celebrate the differences in your spouse because it's part of God's unique design. They're an image bearer, just like you are. And they have something valuable to bring to this world, a different perspective, a different way of doing things. It's, it's an iron sharpens iron partnership if you allow it to be, but if you try to conform them into your image rather than help them flourish into more of God's image, it just is kind of a recipe for disaster. And we've lived that, lived that out. We've experienced that where our marriage has not been going well because we're trying to wrestle and make the other person like us rather than just celebrate who they are. Do you have something you want to add to those differences? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're nailing it in terms of, you know, those those differences. God's not confused by the differences. You know, it, he was never confused how we're uniquely wired. Those are to be those areas. I mean, our spouses are refiners and those differences are there on purpose for a purpose. And that is just to draw us closer to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing more that will get you in a position of desperation for the Lord to, to intervene and be a part of your life than a marriage, because mm-hmm. you're saying, man, this is revealing so yeah. much selfishness, so much, you know, in me and just places that I can't, I can't fix it. I can't, you know, I, I took a lot of pride in my own personal life of being able to be able, being able to navigate relationships pretty well. That it's just, it's just, I felt like God graced me in those areas to, to be able to, Hey, we can work this out. It's all going to be good. But then you get into a marriage where Kristen's bringing something different and we're not seeing necessarily eye to eye. And it's something that I can't fix. I can't have another talk and I, I can't have another. The only thing that's going to heal is me getting on my knees and, and serving my wife and being loving her like Christ loved the church. That's all I can do. And if I can encourage her and, and speak life into her, intercede for her, cover her, all the things, and, and try to recognize that. Man, if, if Kristen's dealing with something, going through something, then, you know, I can either look at her cross-eyed for just being crazy for doing, for doing something or reacting a, a different than me, or I can say, you know what, she may be dealing with something that I have no clue about because she's taken on all these things with, with, the, with the home, with the schooling, with the kids, And I just can't see that. Lord, give me a heart to see her heart and that I can just, if nothing else, just be there for her, be there to love her, cover her. And that I can't do that unless I'm humbly coming for the Lord myself and making him, you know, the, 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 the king of, and the heart of 
basically the, the king of your heart, the, the king of my heart. <laughs> and he's at the throne of my heart. Thank you, Kristen. And so, and that's another thing Kristen does well. So I just, I marry up so she can, you know, help me articulate myself better. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I think that that is just something where we, you know, and if you have two people wanting that for each other, that your, your, your ultimate goal is the, is the team and, and the, and the overall success and we're eternally mind, mindful man, gosh, that's, you know, it's easier said than done because the, the yeah. day-to-day weeds get get a little funky sometimes. I think that's what chokes most people yes. up in general. It's it's the weeds in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at your marriage as a garden, your family as a garden, your relationships as that, it's like those, those weeds choke the life out of it. Mm-hmm. It's not that there is no life there. We actually, we, we bought the house that we're in two and a half years ago in the, in the, owners before us that the wife had a, had a garden and she just had planted so much. There was so much stuff. And so I had to wait a couple of like seasons just to see what was going to come up. And I eventually just pulled a lot out. There was some pretty things I had to just sacrifice because I was like, I got to see what's under here. And I pulled out and there's the most beautiful plants and flowers that were underneath that just were getting no sun from mm-hmm. everything else. There was wildflowers, there was everything. And now there's like order out there. There's, I can see where things are. I can easily trim things. I can pull weeds out. And I just remember during that process being like, I mean, that is what marriage is like. If you just let it go, it, it can kind of look a little crazy. It doesn't mean it's all hope is lost, even though it might look like it sometimes. And I, we have felt that way many, many times, but it just means you got to roll your sleeves up and get some weeds out and get it at the root mm-hmm. and be willing to have the hard conversations and, and not, not leave when it gets tough, because there's such beauty on the other side of walking through that pain together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do believe, like you said earlier about like helping our spouse be who God created them to be. Uh, I even find that with my children. Like I want Mm. them to, you know, be the person that I wished I was. And I try to treat them all the same and make them all the same. And I quickly learned that that does not work. (laughs) That even within their relationship with their kids, the same principle applies. You know, how do we humbly celebrate who they are, steer them in the right direction, but discover and celebrate you know, how they're wired. So fine line between leading and, and controlling. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, cause you are called to, I mean, someone has to cultivate their hearts, you know, and it's either going to be the world or you. And so, but like you said, it's how do you navigate that without, cause you've got your past experiences Mm -hmm. and successes mm-hmm. and failures that are all speaking loudly. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is what worked for me. So it's going to work for you. And oh, this is where I failed. So we can't let that happen to you because I don't want you to go through the 10 years of, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. therapy yeah. that I had to go through or whatever. And, and, you know, bottom line is even if we do this to the best of our abilities, our kids are probably going to need therapy. And so it's just like, you just still have to like, trust God, keep pointing them to God. And I think for Danny and I, that was one of the things that we have done well, in spite of all the things that we've not done well, that one of the things we have done well is just remind them that we are not God. Mm -hmm. We are not God. And we are going to mess up and coming to our children and saying, sorry, you know, follow me as I follow Christ, but mommy is still very flawed. And, you know, and so is daddy and we're not going to get it right all the time. Yeah. And so really trying to get them to, and that's hard too, because I want my kids to come to me. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're at that age, my daughter's going to be 11 in November. And, you know, it's like, she, I gotta, we gotta get her to start running to God first yeah, too. And not, you know, coming to us for every little thing. It's like, have you gone to God yet? Have you gone to God yet? Mm, have you, have, have you shared that care with the Lord? And because I, you know, I get, so, I get fulfillment out of her coming to me and it, it, but that's not what's going to ultimately help her. So to your point, mm-hmm. it's really just looking through that lens of like, I'm here to serve, I'm not here to mm-hmm. control. I'm not here to, you know, just try to squeeze right behavior out of you. <laughs> you know, that's not my job. Um, my job is to love you and, and lead you the, the best I can. Mm-hmm. That's good. In your book, you also talk about looking at your marriage, like you're competing in a team sport and your spouse 
as spouses, your teammates. And I love this because we often call ourselves Team Amici. Like when I work with clients, we talk about this idea of team, right? So what what are some of the do's and don'ts of this approach? And how is it, how have you personally seen it change your relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I think you just have to, you have to do that. And especially if, if you're a guy like me who spent a, a, you know, a long time, a lifetime, it feels like in and around sports, Mm -hmm. you have to look at your spouse as the greatest teammate God has ever given you. And, and, and you have to see what they do amazing and celebrate those, encourage those. And, and never, we talk about this a lot and never, I mean, I would never go in and try to say something that would completely wreck or discourage my teammate and expect to have success out on the court or on the field, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They would be down. Their, their spirits would be down. I have to, there is a time to talk and address things and talk about how we can we can sharpen and get better. But ultimately, when we're about to take the field, it is like I have to be life-giving, talk about who we are as a team, talk vision, the mm-hmm. things we've been through, what God wants us to do. And and get out there and and have success, but man, it, it takes it takes a lot of selflessness. You know, you're you are yeah. attaching yourselves to something that is way bigger than you. God came up with with marriage. He came up with the design of it, how it looks. And and I know I've spoken to we've spoken to a lot of couples. There's a lot of you know men and sometimes women that just say, you know what, I I want to control this. I want to do what I see is best for this. And you know, a lot of times that's just because, because of maybe how they're wired a little bit or just from old wounds or whatever, but, but finding security and say, what does team look like? Man, I feel I'm a better me when I'm with my, when, with a great teammate here, mm-hmm. you know, they're bringing out the best of me. I can great bring all of my strengths. They're covering my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I'm covering their weaknesses. You know, they're bringing their strengths to me. So it's, it's such a beautiful thing when it's played out but sometimes selfishness gets in the way. And that's as we see in any, if you're a sports fan out there and you see any locker room that implodes, it's often due to selfish people, people. in the locker yeah. room. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, any championship team that you talk about, when they reflect on that team, you know, almost 100% of the time, they're talking about what a team and a family mm-hmm. they felt like inside that locker room. And, and a yeah. lot of it, you know, comes down to trust. Mm-hmm. It, it's it hard is. to have success on the field if you don't trust your teammates. That's right. mm-hmm. And and so sometimes there are seasons where maybe trust has been broken mm-hmm. in, in marriage and you're and you're listening to this and you're like, I can't just I can't just snap my fingers, snap my fingers yeah. and, and, and trust them, you know. So just knowing that you may have to go through a season where 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 you're oh and you know, I don't know. Eleven. Yeah. What, what's the what how many you're, times are you? You're you're re, you're, re, you're re, rebuilding as you're they say. Yeah. You're rebuilding your yeah. Yeah. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, draft picking and taking someone else. <laughs> That's not where I'm We just going. lost you to free agency, sir. Yeah, You're yeah. Out the door. I'm meaning like, you just kind of have to know, like I, what acknowledge the season you're in yeah, and, and do the work that's necessary to, to come back mm-hmm. stronger, to yeah. come back stronger. And so that's for Danny and I, we've had seasons where, man, we were ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. We were supporting when it was Danny's time to shine. I'm, I'm over here, like just making sure he's good and, you know, and, and vice versa. But then there's been seasons where it's like, man, we're both hurt. We both said some things. Mm-hmm. We're reaping the fruit of mm-hmm. words that we've spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, we got in a bad habit of pointing out each other's flaws so much that it was drowning out any good thing we were meaning to say or, or yeah. maybe had moments of saying. Now we're not our best to perform. We're not the best mm-hmm. to to give life and to be just who we are, what God's called us to. Our giftings that God has put in us are being stifled just because we don't feel like we're in that season. And another thing that I would add when you talk about any successful team, they have great coaches. They have and and with and when you talk about marriage getting great mentors in your life, getting great mm-hmm. counsel in your life. Like counseling for a lot of people is a red flag as if things have to be going completely south to get counseling. But the Bible says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. That means getting the tools necessary mm-hmm. before you even dive into a marriage. And even as you go along, because each season of marriage represents different life experiences and different challenges. So having those people around you, it is so important to yeah. have these people speaking life 
that, that can that can give you a different perspective. They're kind of outside looking in and can bring wisdom to, to you. So in our healthiest and roughest seasons, Kristen and I have always been intentional about getting good counsel. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I wanted to say about team stuff is that no team goes bad overnight or in a moment. It, it's a series of little of little moments that mm-hmm. are left unchecked. And it feels like all of a sudden it just crumbles. But that's just never true. You know, yeah. success isn't built overnight and failure doesn't just happen in a moment. It, it's and so for us, you know, that's why you see to, to keep the sports analogy, you know, working on the same fundamentals and the same drills and the same things over and over and over again. It's like, you know, Michael Jordan still had to dribble and and, and practice his, you know, going up and down the court yeah. and practice his free throw and practice this and practice passing. I mean, you don't just get to a point where you're like, I got this. That's right. And, and that's for our marriage. I mean, if you're letting it be on autopilot, that's like danger zone. And so Danny even said the other day, he's like, I want to get back to the basics with you of loving you, of serving you, of honoring you, of telling you that I treasure you, of showing you that I treasure you. Because I mean, and that just, just him saying that Mm -hmm. to me, like brought such peace and healing and security to me because he can look at me and go, well, Kristen's a strong woman. She doesn't need that. She doesn't need to hear that. Or she, she kind of exudes the fact that she just, she's got this and she doesn't need me. And I've had mm-hmm. to articulate, that's just not true. Yeah. I'm wired the same way. Like I need to know that you still think I'm, I'm beautiful. I mean, I just turned 40 last month. I, I need to hear that. I am like hot. I, I need to hear that from you. <laughs> I don't care if anybody else says I'm cute or pretty or whatever. I'm like, I need that from yeah. you. And And so just those little nuances and those little things that make a marriage and a team flourish, like you Mm -hmm. can't abort, abort those basic missions and principles and fundamentals of what makes Mm -hmm. teams great, you know, companies great, all of that. If we're willing to put all that work into making those thrive, then we should be doing that and so much more to make our marriage thrive. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's really good. I love that. I mean, that's something that we can implement it too yeah. because when you talk about going back to the basics I talked about that with my son a lot you know dad why would he have, why do we have to hit off the tee you know still can't you just pitch me the ball I said man the major league baseball players still hit off the tee because they have to keep it they have to if they lose, get away from the basics and the fundamentals yeah. the muscle memory the, the, the muscle memory they're going to get away from these things the same thing with marriage we can look at the fact that chris and i've been married for 13 years and say you know what we're getting there's, there. a, there's a different we're expectation there. now that you know those change but man there's nothing that takes the place of a woman a woman wanting to feel pursued wanting yeah. to feel that they're loved and cherished and so it's like how do we get back to just those basic things mm-hmm. to, to to reset you know hey let's let's reset a little bit we here we are working together we're trying to do life together where life revolves you know sort of around the kids in, in different moments with schooling and like let's get back to these basics mm-hmm. so we can just really know that you know build the trust and all the things that then then go from there because that's going to be that's God's heart for us. He's never, he's never changing. He's always going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, he takes it back to the basics. Even he's faithful when we're not, and, but he's always there to open his arms and just give us a lot of love. And that's where we want to be to each other. Safe landing place for each other. Safe landing place for each other. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. I think you could do a whole book about sports and marriage and Mm -hmm. family for sure. I mean, rebuilding years are legit. I've had to teach my son, like when he gets on a new team, that's, that's newly formed. Like this isn't going to be the year when you, when you take the cup, like that's a real thing, but that doesn't mean that year's wasted. Um, My son's a goalie and, you know, the defense is a very important part of the job he does. And he's not the only one keeping the ball out of the net. The defense is too. And you wouldn't want one of those defenders to get in the goal because frankly, they're not going to be able to defend the goal, right? right? So work together as a team, engage each other in their skills, you know, let, let people support each other, but let people shine where that's their thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. It's, it's staying in your lane, right? It's not that there can never be crossover, with with roles or what you've defined as like, hey, this is your world, this is my world. Of course, yeah. you you come in and, and support and help. But if you're seeing to your point that like, man, 
like Daniel looked at me like Kristen, Kristen is, can do those things, but she thrives when she's in these areas. Mm -hmm. How, how can we make some changes in our family dynamic or whatever it is, but him just looking at me and going, I see that you're, you're kind or if I articulate like, Hey, I'm feeling fatigued. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling like I'm not having things that are life-giving to me. And so can we, can we make some changes to set me up better? Mm-hmm. And, and also checking in with him and saying, you know, are you feeling like, you know, you're, you're 80% of your time is spent doing what you're great at, yeah. you know, but because if it's not, then what can we do as a family to get you in your lane? Mm-hmm. Same with kids. Like you're saying, it's like looking at them going, man, Harper, I know for her, there's just certain, certain, um, things that bring her life. And if she's not getting to do those things, it's harder for her to focus on her schoolwork. It's harder for her to just, you know, have energy for certain things because she hasn't done the things that God's gifted her at. And so it's like, we need to do more of that. We need even just us, like we've realized we need to make sure that we're going out and experiencing something new as a family together that brings mm-hmm. us life and joy, yeah. whether it's finding a small town or just driving and seeing what the day brings and being spontaneous and not having things so planned and in order that is life-giving to our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So a major theme throughout your book is love and laughter. So give us a few examples of the, of the ways that people can keep love and laughter alive in their own relationships. And I think you just touched on it, but when you said, what is it, what is, what is it that brings us to life? But, but let's go into that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think joy is something that, you know, is thrown out a lot, but it's, it's a spiritual issue. It's a tenant of our faith, you know, to have joy. And to pursue it and to guard it and to, to look at it as like a vital sign for how things are going, you know, in your family and your marriage. And there are ways to connect to it and to, to, to sustain it, you know? And I think if you're just not intentional about it, it's just not going to always happen. And so obviously seeking, seeking God and putting him first, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And also for us, we've found that when we keep our hearts light, there's room for joy to bubble up. And so if you're harboring a ton of unforgiveness, if you're not dealing with things that need to be dealt with, not having the hard conversations because you're afraid of reaction or just you don't want to invest the time or you don't want to go through the emotional hardship of it, that stuff just makes our heart crusty and it makes it hard for like laughter to get in. And I know from Danny and I, like when we let things fester and just grow around our heart, like Danny's the funniest guy I know, but if I'm mad at him or holding something against him, like, I'm just not going to laugh. It's just not funny to me. So that's why we can like watch a comedian and crack up. We don't know anything about their personal life. We don't know how they just treated their wife, how they just did. So it's like, we like them, you know, instantly. And so whatever they say is funny, but when you're married, and you know, that, that to take it back to initially, it's like these things that once attracted us can become irritations because now we have history. Now we have hurts. Now we have things that, you know, maybe unresolved pain and things that are blocking us from having fun. So I would say on a macro level, you know, just make sure that your heart is light with your spouse and that you're constantly having cycles of confession and forgiveness with the Lord and with each other, because it keeps your heart light. And then that's good really being intentional on a micro level, just acknowledging like what kinds of things light you up, make a list. Like I started doing this in my, in my growth journal of just like, what lights me up? What fires me up? And have I articulated this to Danny, to my kid? Do we do anything that, that does that? What are the times I can think of where our, our whole family is laughing and just having a great time? Okay. Are we intentionally making space for that? Doing that game nights, you know, music, dance sessions in the living room, clearing out the furniture, getting, you know, putting everyone's favorite dance song on there and being intentional about that. We have Holt and Harper. That's our son and our daughter. Holt, what's your favorite song, buddy? Okay. That's going on there. Harper, what's your favorite? What do you want next? Okay. Daddy gets to pick the next one. All right. You know, and we'll just do soul train in our living room, even though there's only four of us and it's a short soul train. It's like, it always brings out the fun. It does. But That doesn't just happen. Nope. You have to go do it. You have to go. Yeah. You have to go do it. Yeah. There's uh, we all have those friends that make us laugh. And if you can find a couple 
that that make you laugh. You know, that, yeah. that together with the couple, that's that's always something that uh, that we love doing. You just know those people. Like, man, let's have that such and such over. They, we're just going to have a good time. It's just going to be a lot of. We have we have some friends that uh, we used to live with in California. We we recently saw them in Dallas. Had a game night, and man, that was just so fun. We, we both we all up. left there. They texted. They were like, we don't remember. <laughs> the last time we laughed that hard was probably with you guys when we were all living in LA. Yeah. And, and so it's just, you know, taking, stopping, pausing, what brings you joy? Who brings us joy? Who mm-hmm. do we feel lifted and elevated around? We find like, you know, co- comedians that we love to watch. And sometimes we'll just, just to connect. It's like, let's just watch, you know, 20 minutes of, yeah. you know, whoever it is, Jim Gaffigan, Sebastian, Maniscalco, is that how you say his name? I don't know. Those are some of our favorites. And we could rewatch the same stand-up, but because it's a shared joy for both of us and we're like anticipating what it is, it's always still funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the power of laughter, is that you know it's meant to be a social experience. You know, rarely do do people laugh out loud on their own. I mean, I know we do, but it's mostly with somebody else. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm at my loudest, like cackling, like just belly laughing when I'm with other people. And, and it's just the endorphins, the, 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 all the things that happen when that's going on a shared laugh. It's, it's a, it's a high and a bond that is really, really strong. Mm. And so I just, I just think that for us, we know that we know what the word says about laughter. We know what science says about laughter and they're both in agreement that it is health to our bones it's life to our body and so there's just things that your body produces when you're laughing that you can't get otherwise it's just like a spike you know we had we had a we had we we used to sell bracelets on our website that just said laughter is the best medicine and I had a big order come in one time like a lot a bulk order of them and I reached out to the person I said I'm just curious like are you getting this for a youth group or like what do you what do you order bulk for and she was like, well, I'm a nurse and I just wanted to give them out to everyone on my floor and just mm-hmm. have extras. She's like, because it is so true. She's like, when we have patients that are in here for various things, mm-hmm. when they laugh, if they can like have family around them or watch something or have someone come in, that just is funny to them and get them going. She's like all the levels that we need to go up of all the good things that we're trying to raise spike. It's like a natural way to get it to happen. Yeah better than anything we could give them, any medicine we could give them. And so I just, I thought that was so powerful. And, and that's how it is in a marriage. It's like, if if that's happening, you know, in a cancer ward where they're getting like, they're Mm -hmm. these patients, these patients are at their feeling their best able to get off medications because joy is flowing and laughter is flowing. Then how much life is it giving to our marriage that we can't even see? just because we're not hooked up to something to show us, you know, right. where, our, where, where our needs are. Like, I promise you, if, if you're, vo- if your marriage is void of laughter, there's a deficit happening that needs to be filled. Mm. And, and, and it can, it can, you just have to work, work at it. We need that joy and laughter and like and vaccines. Yes, we do inject yeah. it. Like I would, yes, everyone would take Take that vaccine if you could just promise that it was going to bring you joy and bring you laughter and eradicate all the bad stuff. Well, when I got COVID, the first thing I did was I went upstairs, I brought the TV up and I binged, watched on Amazon, the one comedian you mentioned, Gaffigan. Yeah. I was like, I, I know what the Bible says. Let's just like, and I would never give myself the time to just turn it on another time. So I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. If I have to be alone and I have to do this, then that I'm, and I watch almost every comedy that I could find on Netflix. (laughs) Yes. But you know what? That is spiritual. And that's what I'm saying. I'm like, joy is an often neglected tenet of our faith. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't feel like you're wasting time by laughing. Like that is not wasted time. That is health and healing to your flesh, whether you have COVID or not, like be laughing. You know, it's like we tell our kids, like, drink your water, don't eat artificial stuff, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, all these things and laugh. It is an order. Yes. <laughs> it's a mandate for you. And you can even trick yourself into laughing. There is science that backs this up, too. Like, if you just start laughing, like. <laughs> <laughs> like my body 
is actually tricked into thinking that I'm laughing and creating, creating the good stuff. Yeah. Like it's reducing the stress hormones and it's building up Mm -hmm. endorphins. And so you can fake yourself. You can fake it. till you make it. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. We used to have laughing contests. We would Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, like, okay. Like give me a laugh, you know, we name the laugh, name the laugh, you know, like the pirate laugh, grade the laugh, close your eye, you know, Yeah. you just do it. And then it just, even if it's a silly, corny laugh, it's doing something good for your body. That's right. Oh my gosh. That's so encouraging. So I'm going to try that this weekend with my kids. So I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> start laughing. Everybody laughing just start contest. laughing. Yes. They, got, they have to commit though. You have they to have commit. to bring it. Like give yes. it to me. That's or, or, and you could start by, by uh, asking them to imitate one of their friends that has a funny laugh. Or like right? a family member. Guys. Or family, family member. member. Yes. Yeah. Or family member. They'll like, really who, like that. Who, yeah, who has the you know the machine gun laugh? <laughs> you know, there's a girl in in our daughter's class that <laughs> you're like, whoa, like turn that alarm off. But it's a funny laugh. It's yeah, like, dude, I just got shot down. Uh, <laughs> no, but those are those are funny. Some people have the silent laugh. Some people yeah. have just you know. A lot of times I just have the one like, ha, that's my laugh. Ha. You know, Danny is the king of just like. It just all comes out in one one, one huh. sound really loud. And it, it like scares me. And then it makes me laugh. But yeah, he just did yeah, that. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. But you get back to us on that. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's some weekend uh, yeah. homework. Speaking homework. of my teenagers like that, see how many times they roll their eyes. So they, they might enjoy it. Okay. So we're going to wrap up one last question. What is the number one takeaway you want readers to have after reading your book, The Road to Love and Laughter? I just hope that if you do read our book, that mm-hmm. it makes you feel lighter and encouraged and that it breaks through any maybe hopelessness that you're feeling and mm-hmm. just reminds you that, you know, marriage is hard, but it's holy mm-hmm. and it gets better the longer you, like anything, the more work you put into something the greater the reward. And that's just what we've experienced. Yeah. And so I hope people walk away feeling encouraged and lighter. It's an easy read. You know, I, it was meant to just be, I'm the queen of buying books and not finishing them. And so I was like, you know, I want people to be able to read this on a, on a plane. You know, a lot of my girlfriends texted and was like, I, I started it in the morning, finished it at night. And I loved it. It just made me, it made me laugh. It gave me hope. It made me not feel so bad that, you know, my husband and I had a fight this morning and, you know, we're not supposed to be having fights because we're believers. And it's like, no, no, come on. Just because we have Jesus doesn't mean it's easy. And it just means he's with us in all of it. And, and he's not going to leave us. And so that's what I hope they take away, but they're like, they feel lighter and they're encouraged. What do you, is that? No, that's good. Yeah. Hope and encouragement and lighter. And you're on the same team. You're on the same team and we win. With, with Jesus, we win. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This was great. Thank you for having, for having us. us. Yeah. They are so fun, yet so wise, don't you think? You can find Kristen and Danny on Facebook and on Instagram as Kristen and Danny. And you can find them on YouTube. I will link to that, as well as where you can find their book, The Road to Love and Laughter, in the show notes. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong, too. You can find me at, at Kimberly Michi, and you can find the podcast at, at Build Your Best Family. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.